0: Good morning, Winners church? church. <laughs> Welcome to the first Sunday in August. August 1st, are you excited today? I know that I am. I'm excited for you. I'm excited for me. I'm excited for us. Why? Because God is good and his mercy endures forever. The word of God says his favor is for life or one translator says, for a lifetime. And so I'm excited about God's favor on your life, on my life. Welcome to our Winners Worship Express. We are excited to be here, and I believe that God is gonna minister something wonderful to you today. Today, I'm gonna talk to you about going from bitter to sweet. Going from bitter to sweet. I know a lot of you have been through some tough, times, some tough situations. Some of you are in a tough situation right now. You may have a marital problem. You may have a job problem, a money problem, whatever your problem is. It could be a family situation with your children. It could be something in your physical body. Whatever it is that's causing you to feel the bitterness of life, that's causing you to feel um, harshness in your life, I want you to know that God is bringing you out of that. You're going from bitter to sweet. You're going from uh, feeling harshness and hard times to good and pleasant times in the name of Jesus. The grace of God is here to lead you out of hard bondage, to lead you out of negative situations and bring you into the positive and bring you into the pleasant. I want you to believe the words that I speak to you today in the name of Jesus. We see this going from bitter to sweet in the life of the children of Israel. Many of you know the story. They were in slavery to the Egyptians. And they were in this slavery for over 400 years. Actually, 430 years. They were in bondage. And they were in a bad place. This is what the Bible actually says about their bondage. In Exodus 1, so the Egyptians made the children of Israel serve with rigor. You may be in a place where you feel like it's rigorous, it's hard, it's tough. And it says, and they made their lives bitter with hard bondage. Their lives were bitter in mortar, in brick, and in all manner of service in the field. All their service in which they made them serve was with rigor. And you may feel like, yo, I'm in this situation. I'm a Christian. I'm a child of God. And I'm always in something bad, something hard. Something's always going wrong in my life. And I want to let you know today, prophetically, that Jesus is bringing you out. You're coming out of that bitter situation and it's going to go into sweetness. It's going to go into prosperity. It's going to go into pleasantness. Amen. And the word of God says, believe in the Lord your God, and you shall be established. Believe his prophets, and so shall you prosper. Now, I'm not saying I'm a prophet, but what I'm saying is the words I'm speaking to you, this written word is a prophetic word. What I'm preaching to you is prophetic. And if you believe these words, you're going to prosper. You're going to advance. You're going to come out just like the children of Israel came out of their situation. So as the story goes... They're in this hard bondage, and then they, it gets so hard, they begin to cry out. They begin to say, we can't take this no more. And the Bible says their cry came to the Lord. He heard their cry. This is what it actually says. It says in Exodus chapter 2, it says, now it happened in the process of time that the king of Egypt died. Then the children of Israel groaned because of the bondage and they cried out and their cry came up to God because of the bondage. So God heard their groaning and God remembered his covenant with Abraham, with Isaac and with Jacob. And God looked upon the children of Israel and God acknowledged them. And I'm here to let you know that in this season of your life, God is looking upon you and God is acknowledging you. He's remembering his covenant that he has with you. He's remembering his covenant that he has with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And the covenant says that you are to be blessed. The covenant says that you are to multiply. The covenant says that you are to be delivered out of your trouble. And you're going to be delivered out of your trouble. I don't care what kind of trouble it is. God the Father will deliver you with a mighty hand. Amen. Do you believe that? Say, I believe it. Amen. Say, I'm going from bitter to sweet. Say it again. I'm going from bitter to sweet. Say it one more time. I'm going from bitter to sweet in the name of Jesus. Glory be to God. And so they cried out to the Lord. And so God responded to them. What did he do? He raised up a man by the name of Moses. And you know this story. He was actually raised in the Pharaoh's home by his daughter. Because his mother put him in a basket and he went down the river. And Moses means drawn from the water. And so he was drawn from the river. He was raised in the Pharaoh's home. God is brilliant. And then now God speaks to him and says, I want you to deliver my people. Set them free. And so he raises them up, along with his brother, Aaron, and he says, go to the Pharaoh. Go to this king of Egypt and tell him. And now, now, mind you, this is a new king now, but he's still going at it. Still got them in bondage. Still doing hard things with them. And he says, go tell him, let my people go that they may offer a sacrifice or, or do a feast to me in the wilderness. And so Moses goes to the Pharaoh, goes to this king of Egypt, and he says, yo, <laughs> the, 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 the Lord, I am that I am, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, he's telling you to let his people go that they may worship him, that they may serve him, that they may do a feast to him in the wilderness. And the king responds, now watch this. He says, uh, who is the Lord, okay, that I should even obey his voice and let these people go? Matter of fact, I'm not going to listen to him, and I'm not going to let him go. I don't know who he is. And so <laughs> he, <laughs> they leave with that response. Now, mind you, God knew that Pharaoh was going to do this. He even says, I'm going to harden his heart so I can show my power was strong in this. He knew the guy was gonna have a negative response and the Lord um, said his heart's gonna be hardened and I'm gonna crush him. And so as the story goes, they go back to this guy 10 times. Well, first, before they go to him 10 times, after the first time, the Bible says that he was like, yo, the children of Israel got time to cry out, to the Lord. They got time to, to, to moan and groan. All right, we're gonna make things harder for them. So what was happening before is that they would give them the straw to make the bricks that they were creating. He says now, he told his taskmasters and the officers of the children of Israel, now we're not getting them no straw. They're gonna get that straw themselves. Let them go out and find the straw and still make the bricks and still make the same amount in the same amount of time. Now, basically, he was telling them to do something impossible. And sometimes the situation you're in, it may seem impossible to get through. Like, I just cannot do this. But let me let you know, Jesus said, all things are possible to those who believe. And so if you believe the word of God, if you believe in God's favor, you're going to make it through. You're going to make it out. But it was tough for them. And, 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 And the Bible says... And even the officers knew, oh, we are in trouble. The children of Israel are in trouble because this, 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 can't, this can't be done. And so, and, and the thing was that if you didn't do it, you're gonna have a severe penalty. So they experienced more severity, more hurt, more harm, more beatings, more murders, more killings. And they came to Moses and they would say, yo, what's up? I thought we were getting out of, of, of bondage. And now things are worse. And so here's something that you need to recognize when you're in a bitter situation. Sometimes in the process of coming out, things may seem like they're getting worse, but they're not. They're not. It may seem like it, but it's not. You're coming out. What happens is the devil, who is the instigator, the devil who's the one who puts bitterness into our lives, he's the one that gets angry and tries to stop your deliverance and tries to stop you from coming out. But guess what, he can't. And no matter what kind of things he throws up, kind of smoke screens he throws up, you're coming out. Remember when Jesus would cast demons out of people? The Bible says they would sometimes shake or they would come out within an hour because the devil wants to resist the will of God. He wants to resist the promises of God in your life. He wants to to resist the power of God in your life. But guess what, he can't stop God. And therefore he can't stop you. You are unstoppable in the name of Jesus. And so, yeah, he made things hard. And then Moses goes to the Lord and says, yo, what's going to happen? And then God says, listen, don't worry about that guy. Everything's going to be all right. And so he goes to him 10 times. And then, he has, then then there's 10 plagues that is devouring Egypt, crushing Egypt, because they're resisting. They're trying to resist God. God's like, yo, you're making this hard for yourself. And then on the 10th time, God said, yo, I'm about to give you a blow. You know how you deal with somebody, let's say you was in a fight. Now I wasn't a fighter, but you've seen fights, people still keep coming back, "Yo, yo, stay down, boom. Stay down, boom. And then you have to give that final blow for them to really stay down. So God gave them a final blow. I'm killing everybody of the firstborn, all firstborn in Egypt, gone. Your animals, your kids, everybody gone. When they hit that blow, And matter of fact, it was so severe, God said, yo, this thing's coming over the whole land. So the children of Israel, you about to get hit too, but you're gonna make a sacrificial lamb, cut it out, put that blood on your doorpost, and the destroyer will pass over you. Woo! The image of Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God, slain before the foundation of the world, put over the church, so what happens to the world doesn't happen to us. Thank you, Jesus. So that destroyer came through the land, and jacked Egypt up. And guess what the Pharaoh said? Guess what the king who said, who is the Lord? I ain't doing nothing. I ain't letting the people go. He said, go, (laughs) please leave. Because it was a great cry in Egypt. The people were weeping and wailing. He says, get out of here. Now watch this. It's very interesting if you read the story. He says, and when you go, bless me. What? Now you know what I want to say those who know me. Negro, please. I want to say the other word, <laughs> but for the sake of the rest of you, I won't. <laughs> like, you just beat up the people of God. You had them in hard bondage. You killed some of them, and you want us to bless you? Nah, I don't think so. I want to say, is you crazy or is you insane? <laughs> please, the Bible says, I to say that God gave the children of Israel Egypt favor with the Egyptians, and they said, you know, give us your clothes and give us your your gold, your your, your um jewelry, <laughs> your your articles of gold and your and your fine clothing." And they, the Bible says this. I love this. It says, "And the children of Israel plundered the Egyptians," and that's what the favor of God will do. People will do things for you that they didn't mean to do. They will do things for you that they weren't intending to do all because of the favor of God. Just recently in our news, we heard that Jeff Bezos gave Van Jones, a political leader, a black man, uh, $100 million, just out of the blue, out of the blue. And he said that he can do whatever he wants with it. He can give it to his charities. He can do whatever he wants. However he wants to spend it, he can do it. And then he gave another 100 million to some um, Latin chef guy, just like that. Money they didn't work for, money they didn't earn. Come on, if you don't have any other example, you have a modern day example of somebody being blessed with something huge, something astronomical, because, because of simple favor. Now, if Jeff Bezos, who's a man, who's just flesh, can do that for Van Jones, who's just a friend, and do it for that chef guy, who's just a friend, how much more will God do it for you, who is his child? who is his son, his daughter. God is taking you from bitter to sweet by his grace, by his favor. Even the word of God says, you are a friend of God. You're an heir of God. You're a joint heir with Jesus Christ. So just use that example, as a, 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 that story as an example of how much favor that's coming your way. But you know what the problem is in the church today? A lot of people just don't believe. They have a lot of fear and unbelief going on, a lot of worry. You can't live like that. The Bible says God is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that you can ask or think. And you've heard that a lot. Some of you have even quoted it. But guess what? I think the problem is in the next verse. This is where the problem lies. It says, according to the power that's at work in you according to the power that's at work in you. What kind of faith is at work in you? What kind of power is at work in you? That's why when Jesus would minister to the sick, sometimes people would come and get their freebie healings. But many times that got healed, Jesus said, according to your faith, be it unto you. What you're believing is what's going to happen. What you're expecting is what's going to come to pass. So what are you believing? What are you expecting? What are you doing in faith to bring the results that you want? So God is ready to do and has been ready to do the exceeding, the abundant, the above, all you can ask or think, but what kind of power is at work in you? Too many times, unbelief, fear, limited thinking is at work in us. And so it limits what God can do. So you hear that promise, but it's according to what's at work in you. So if it's at work in you is this, you're gonna see this. But if it's this, you're gonna see this. You feel me? All right, all right. That's so what the Bible says, without faith, it's impossible to please him. He who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Sometimes your circumstance will make you think that God doesn't exist, God doesn't care, and God is not going to reward you. The devil is a liar. And every time your your circumstances are screaming at you, you gotta scream back and say the devil is a liar. God is good and his mercy endures forever. God's favor is all over my life, and I'm gonna be blessed no matter what. I'm gonna be blessed coming in and going out. I'm gonna be blessed in the city and in the field. I don't care what the economy is. I don't care what's going on with COVID-19. I don't care what kind of Delta variant is out there. God is blessing me. God is protecting me. God is preserving me. The word of God says the Lord will preserve his saints. I'm one of his saints, and he's preserving me. He's preserving my coming in and my going out. My family is blessed. Everything attached to me is blessed. That's the promise of God. Read Deuteronomy 28. He's making me the head and not the tail. I am above only and not beneath. My children are good. My finances are good. All is well in Jesus' name. There's a reason why Paul said all things are working together for the good of those that love God and are the called according to his purpose. You got to believe that. David said, I would have fainted had I not believed to see the goodness of God in the land of of the living. Why? Because David went through some bitter situations. But even though I'm going through a bitter situation, my kids uh, raping each other, my kids um, coming against my kingdom and trying to overthrow my kingdom. And the list goes on of the bitter things that he went through. One of my kids dying because of judgment against me, all kind of crazy. My enemies trying to devour me, trying to get me. But even in the bitter situations, David said, I believed to see the goodness of God in the land of the living. Woo! <laughs> David understood something that we need to understand, the faithfulness, the loyalty, and the great goodness of our God. Even when David was being um, disciplined by the Lord, he said, "You got three things. <laughs> when we have loved to be disciplined by a parent like that, not get the belt. Okay, you got three choices: no TV, the belt, <laughs> or <laughs> or you sit in your room for six hours, something like that. We would have we would have picked one of the lesser ones than the belt. And David got, had three choices, and one of those things were." Um, I'm going to give you over to your enemies, and whatever they do with you, they do with you, or I'm going to deal with you, and there's something else. And he said, you know what? I don't trust nobody more than I trust God. Let me fall into the hands of God. That's how much David believed in the Lord, in God's goodness. Even in judgment, he says, God, I'm going to fall into your hands. I, I, I'm dealing with you. Who? come on. May we all get to that place in Jesus' name. May we all get to that place of trust and belief in the Lord. Even myself, I have to remind myself that God is good. The devil sometimes wants to put in my mind, God is not as good as he says he is. He wants to put in my mind that God is not as kind as he says he is. He wants to put in my mind, Maurice, things are not going to change the way you think they're going to change. And I tell the devil, you're a liar, you're a liar, you're a liar. God is good. Jesus is good. The Holy Ghost is good. And everything God promised me is going to come to pass hallelujah and everything bitter in my life is going to become sweet in jesus name and i declare that over you everything bitter in your life will become sweet in the name of jesus and you know the rest of the story god delivers the children of israel out of the egyptian bondage and it says this it says they went out of egypt in order they went out of egypt in order What does that tell you? That tells you when you're coming out of, when you're going from bitter to sweet, look for order. Look for where there's things that's in order. That's where God is at. That's where God is working. He's a God of order and he's going to bring order in your life. And many times when you see God speaking to you or somebody coming to your life that helps bring order in your life, don't. Um, Look at that as, oh, restrictions? No, no, no. God is bringing you from bitter to sweet. And many times we're in bitter situations because there's a lack of order, a lot of confusion going on. There's there's lack of discipline. But when you see order, you see the beginning of the process of blessings. One of the things you'll notice if you look at your house, got dirty dishes, beds unmade, clothes all over the floor, Bathroom is dirty. You don't feel as good. There's chaos, there's disorder. What do you do to change that atmosphere? You wash the dishes, you clean the bathroom, you wash the tub, you make the bed up, you take the clothes on the floor, you hang up in the closet, and guess what you feel? You feel a sense of pleasantness, a sense of sweetness in the atmosphere. Why? Because you put things in order. And when you're in trouble, God is going to put things in order. Some of you are in financial situations, not because you're just a loser, (laughs) because your finances and the way you deal with money is out of order. And so God's going to bring you back into order so you can go from bitter to sweet. You know how many people, um, who's that guy, Dave Ramsey, have helped out of bitter financial situations? into the sweet place of their life where they're debt-free, it's even even in our own church, where they're debt-free and they're living a blessed life. They don't owe nobody nothing and they're prospering. You know, one of the things that you'll find that has to happen, they had to get into a place of what? Order. They couldn't spend all over the place and just keep buying and keep doing crazy stuff. Order is the key to going from bitter to sweet. And so when God is delivering you, you're gonna see him bring you into order. Hallelujah. Even in spiritual matters, if you're in some kind of um, uh, spiritual bondage, some kind of addiction, you're gonna see God's gonna bring you into a place of order. You're gonna say, now get into the word every morning, get into prayer every morning. I need to bring you into order so you can keep these temptations off of your life. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. And so I wanna encourage you to not run from order, not resist order, but embrace it in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. And so they get out, and so they're now at the edge of the sea, and you know what happens. Moses cries to the Lord, like, yo, we're at the sea. And the Lord said, why are you crying at me? Take out, what's in your hand? What's in your hand? And when you going from bitter to sweet, God's gonna ask you what's in your hand. Use your gifts. Use your talents he's given you. Use your abilities he's given you. And he said, stretch forth your hand. And he took that rod and he stretched it forth. And the Bible says, the waters parted. Woo! Things that are in your way are going to part when you use your gift, when you use your talent, when you use your creative ability. They're going to part for you and you're gonna walk on dry land like all the children of Israel did that. Two to three million people walked on dry land. The Bible says in one place that the waters were congealed. You know what that means? Frozen. Woo! (laughs) Yeah, baby. That's what God will do. When you use your gifts, when you use your talents, when you use what he gave you, there's a time to cry to him and there's a time to use the gift he gave you. How, and you need to know the difference. Thank you, Jesus. And so they walked in a dry land, and the Bible says that the Egyptians got crazy again. The demonic came back into action again. And Pharaoh was like, yo, these guys left us. They plundered us. Nah, we're going back for them. We're getting them back. And God was like, I don't think so, buddy. And so the children of Israel get over, and then the Egyptian army is trying to come on this, on this, um, Dry land. God was like, yeah, come on, come on, come on, come on. Yeah, you can make it. And God was like, nah, and, phew, and the waters come. <laughs> and they drowned the Egyptian army. And literally their enemies are destroyed, crushed completely. And the Bible says that Moses and the children of Israel, most likely the men, um, and, I, and, I, and I'll tell you why, they begin to sing to the Lord, they sing a song to the Lord. And those of you who are men, let me tell you something, you need to be worshipers. Those of you who are leaders and and heads of households, you need to be worshipers. If there's a preacher watching, you need to be the first one to worship. In my church, everybody knows Pastor Maurice is a praiser. He's a worshiper and you need to be that, just like Moses was. He wasn't just the intercessor. He just wasn't just the deliverer. He was the worshiper and the praiser first. It says Moses and the children of Israel sing a song to the Lord. And so men, you need to start singing to the Lord. You need to start worshiping the Lord for real in your home and see the glory of God come. Why would your kids worship if daddy's not worshiping? Why would your wife really get into it if her husband's not worshiping? Be a worshiper, sir. Be a worshiper, man. <laughs> if you're single, start now. Start now. And the Bible says that... because one thing you'll, do, you'll, you'll, you'll notice, any man that was a real connected to God, he was a worshiper. Abraham, David, Isaac, Jacob, the list goes on. They were worshipers. God demands worship. Jesus demanded worship. His disciples would fall down and worship him at times. They would glorify the God of Israel. God demands it. So you need to give it, hallelujah. Amen. And then the Bible says, it says, then after the men and Moses sang, it says, then Miriam, the prophetess, Moses' sister, Aaron's sister, she took a tambourine. It says timbrel, took a tambourine. And, and with all the women began to dance and, and respond to this and, and sing a song that the Lord has, has triumphed gloriously. And They begin to sing. They responded to the men worshiping. Unfortunately, in today's church culture, it's the woman worshiping first, and then the men are just standing there, backwards, out of order. No, 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 no. It's the men who need to lead in worship, and the women respond in worship. Why women worshiping more than men? It should never be. I remember when I went to Nigeria. Um, many years ago, I saw the men. I mean, I was in a um, hundred, thousand people, probably about, well, in the sanctuary, it was two, five, 50,000, probably 200,000 on the outside. And, and I noticed the men, they were fervent in their worship. And I asked one of them, I said, man, you guys worship, um, like dance harder than some of the women. He's like, yeah, we don't believe the woman should outdo us in anything, including worship. Wow, my God. We don't believe the woman should outdo us in anything, including worship. He didn't say that they shouldn't be great in their worship and they shouldn't be great in their life. They shouldn't just outdo the men. How are you the first species on the planet and the woman are outdoing you? Come on, come on saints. And, and that's not being chauvinistic. I'm just saying, many to rise up. I see the men of America, they, we, we have gotten really soft. No, 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 rise up, be great be a worship of God lead the woman why is it that in the church in America the women are given more than men that is a crime that is a crime women are get paid less money not the women are on a on a on a on a come up but still they're getting lower wages men are the supposed to be the the money makers of society and we're giving less than women it should never be Never, and so if you're a man watching and you're, and, and you're not a giver, you're not a tither, or your wife is giving more than you or willing to give more than you, you should be ashamed of yourself. And I say shame should stay in your life, but you should be ashamed of your actions and say, no, I repent, Father. I'm gonna be the biggest giver in my family. I'm gonna lead my wife and children in giving. I'm gonna be that man. If you're single, you will say, Lord, I'm starting now. I'm giving to you now. The Lord taught me about tithing and giving at the age of 15. 15 years old. Come on, somebody. He didn't wait until I got, became a pastor. No, right now, you serve me. You're my son. You need to learn about giving. Hallelujah. And I lead the way. And you need to lead the way in that area. We're talking about going from bitter to sweet. And so they began to dance. The woman danced and danced. And they praised the Lord. And that's the right response whenever God delivers you or, or, or does something for you. Pour out joy, pour out happiness. There need to be an outpour of happiness in your home and in your life when the Lord is delivering you. And so the Bible says that as they went on their journey, they came to the wilderness. And the Bible says that in the wilderness, they um, were there for three days and they found no water. And then they came to a place called Mara and there was water, but the water was bitter, undrinkable, unusable, unbeneficial. Like some of the situations you're in. And the Bible says this, they complained to Moses. Moses took the complaint and went to the Lord. And the Lord said, it's not a problem for me. And the Bible says, he said, see that tree over there? Cut it down. Throw it into the water. Oh, another picture of the cross. <laughs> it's a tree that Jesus hung on. Throw it into the bitter situation. Look at the finished work of Christ. Look at what Jesus has done. It'll turn your bitter waters sweet. And the Bible says that the bitter waters were made Sweet. That's Exodus 15, 22 to 25. I was supposed to read it, but I, I got so excited. Then it goes on to say this, at the last part of 25, there he made a statue and an ordinance for them and there he tested them. So <laughs> when you're going from bitter to sweet, sometimes God is testing you. I'm gonna see what you're gonna do. Now, I just delivered you from 430 years of bondage. I just covered your behind from the, <laughs> from the destroyer that was, that was slicing the dice and dicing everybody then I just parted the Red Sea. You ain't never seen that or heard that in history before then or since then. I literally parted a sea for you. Three million of you walked on dry land. Then when you got over and your, your enemies came, I caused the waters to come back. You didn't have to do nothing. I caused the waters to come back and drown your enemies, so they're gone for good. Gave you deliverer. And now and I'll give you a pillar of fire by night and a cloud by day to lead you, and you're already complaining. That's a slave mentality. God tested them, I wanna see where you're at. So you thought I wasn't gonna deliver you. Then you thought I was going to bring you out of this bondage and just leave you without water, right? You're going to walk around. You're like, oh, God has left us. Really? Really? That quick to complain and to gripe and to accuse me of not being good. And sometimes we're like that. God, you did this, but look at this. Praise. Praise. Don't go from, they went from praising the Lord to complaining. How, 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 do, how often we do that? Church, hi. High. Oh, you know, we're singing all the Maverick City songs. We're singing all the Hillsong songs. We're singing all the Elevation songs. Raise a hallelujah. And as soon as we get home, complaining. Soon as Monday comes, at work, complaining. And do you realize that you're being tested? And many of you have not passed the test, but it's time for you to pass the test. Amen. No more complaining. Just give God praise. Oh, but Pastor Maurice, I like to be real. I like to let let God know how I feel. Fine, it's okay to let God know how you feel, but when you finish telling God how you feel, say, Lord, nevertheless, I will praise you. Nevertheless, I will glorify you. Nevertheless, I will obey you. Nevertheless, I know that you're good and your mercy endures forever. Hallelujah. You need a nevertheless praise. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. Nevertheless, praise. Thank you, Jesus. And the Bible says in verse 26 and said, If you diligently heed the voice of the Lord your God and do what is right in his sight, complaining is not right in his sight, only praises. Give ear to his commandments and keep all his statutes. I will put none of the diseases on you which I have brought on the Egyptians, for I am the Lord who heals you. And so God made this covenant of healing and health with the children of Israel. Like, listen, it's not a big deal for me to turn bitter water sweet. You didn't have to complain. All you have to do is say, Lord, how are we going to get some water? What's up? What's next? Not complain. Oh, my God, we have no water. We're going to die up here. Watch the next verse, 27. Then they came to Elam. Oh, we're all coming to Elam. Where there were 12 wells of water and 70 palm trees. So they camped there by the waters. My God. What is the Bible telling us? What is this story in Exodus telling us? It's amazing. It's telling us God already had the provision there for them. He already had the 12 wells of water. He already had the 70 palm trees. They just didn't see it, but he had it there. But they complained before he could reveal it to them. That was the test. Sometimes the blessing is right around you, but God is Covering it, concealing it, coming to see how you're going to respond without seeing it. That's why the Bible says three times in the, New, in the New Testament, one time in the Old Testament, the just shall live by his faith, or the just shall live by faith. The Lord expects you to live by faith. Remember the 10 lepers that came to Jesus? He didn't just wave his hand like a wand and they were healed. Sometimes he laid hands on people who had leprosy and they were instantly healed. But these 10 guys, he wanted to see their faith. He said, go show yourself to the priest. And as they went, the Bible says they were healed. They were literally walking and literally, boom, the leprosy disappears. Woo, my God. One guy was like, yeah he was so amazed he ran back to Jesus fell down and worshipped him and Jesus says only one guy got healed where's the other nine (laughs) where's everybody else because Jesus knew that was a big miracle but they had to go by faith so sometimes the Lord is telling you go by faith that's what Abraham had to do he said go to a place that I will show you go go he didn't show it to him yet. He said, go. And Abraham went by faith. But he believed God and it was counted to him for righteousness. Are you believing God? Are you trusting God? Are you really in expectation? Are you living by faith or are you living by fear? Are you complaining or are you praising? Because Let me tell you something. The big God Almighty, the great God Almighty, He he has everything worked out. Somebody shout, it's already worked out. Woo! I wish I was in a live audience right now. Come on. I feel that preach coming on. It's already worked out. God is too big to be limited, too big to be scarce. Come on, somebody. 12 wells of water, 70 palm trees. And that word 12 and 70 are significant. Like the 12 disciples and the 70 disciples, you see 12 and 70 all throughout the Bible. I'm not, I'm not a big numerology guy, but you can see there are some significance to some things. Remember, when he fed, it was 12 baskets full. All right? So 12, 7, 70 all represent something. So 12 represents government and order, blessing. God was bringing government, order, and blessing to people's lives. 70, that represents a uh, uh, perfect completion, everything is come full circle. Guys, I already had the water there for you. Matter of fact, I had 12 wells of water, a well for each tribe, endless supply of water, and I had 70 palm trees. Take care of you, look out for you, cover you from the scorching heat. But you thought, ah, look, you, you look at the bitter waters when I had the sweet already ready for you. And so, as you're coming out of bitterness situations and bitterness and bitter circumstances, you're going to the sweet, make sure you're responding properly. Everything in your life is not where you want it to be for many of you. But while you're in process, praise Him, rejoice. Trust him, thank him for what you do have and more is coming. Hallelujah, we are going from bitter to sweet in Jesus' name and by the grace of God, amen. Come on and give up a praise right where you're at. Come on, praise him, praise him, praise him. Hallelujah, Father, we thank you for this prophetic word. We believe this prophetic word. Thank you for using this classic story of the children of Israel coming out of Egyptian bondage to teach us principles of going from bitter to sweet. We trust you. We believe you even during this situation when this pandemic is coming to an end, but this Delta variant is coming up and people are being afraid again and rules are coming back again. We're not looking at the world. We're not looking at circumstances. We're looking to you, our God and our Father. Your word says every good and every perfect gift comes down from you, the Father of lights, in whom there's no verbalness, neither shadow of turning. You ain't changing. You ain't playing tricks in the shadows. And we trust you. You are loyal. You are faithful, Lord. And we'll believe you. We will walk by faith and not by sight. No matter what happens, no matter what nobody says, we believe your promises. We believe your word. All the promises of God are yes and amen in Christ Jesus forever. And we're excited that we're going to live our days in prosperity and our years in pleasure. We're excited that we're going from bitter to sweet in the name of Jesus. Amen. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on and clap your hands and rejoice. Thank you, Jesus. And if you're watching today and you have a bitter situation in your life, God is bringing you out. I cancel every satanic assignment against you and I say be blessed, be increased. If you have any sickness in your body, I say be healed in the name of Jesus, be restored. Pain go, headache go, migraine go, joints be healed. Body parts function normally now in the name of Jesus. And if you want a point of contact, I'm gonna put my hands up. You can just touch the screen, your your iPhone or your TV and the healing power of God goes into your body now releasing the, the, the sickness or disease from your body, uh, bringing in a healing and a cure in the name of Jesus. Yes, Lord, thank you for your power, healing your people now in Jesus' name. You are well, you are blessed forever. If you're watching this and you're not even a Christian, say, Pastor Maurice, I want to go from bitter to sweet, but I want to get saved because I want to go to hell. Great choice, great decision. Say this with me, Jesus... Save me. Cry out to the Lord like the children of Israel did. Say, Jesus, save me from my sins. Make me a new creation right now. Make me a child of God right now. I declare you as my Savior and as my Lord. In Jesus' name, I've just been born again. If you prayed that prayer, you've just been saved. Eternal life has just entered your spirit and you've passed, as John says, from death to life. You're on your way to heaven. Congratulations. (laughs) Welcome to the family of God. Thank you, Jesus. I want to encourage you to keep your mind on the Lord, people of God. Keep your mind on the promises of God. Don't let this world and what's going on take you Focus. Focus on Jesus and his finished work. Focus on his grace and his favor towards you. Focus on the bigger plan because he is in control. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I love you guys. I'm excited Uh, about our next steps in seven weeks. We're going to be together again. Woo! I'm excited. Yay! I'm really excited about that. I miss you guys. It's been a year and a half, guys. And so we're going to be together again, so get ready. I know some of you may still be afraid of getting together. Cast their fear aside, trust God, and get your butt in church, amen. We already have, we counted, we have about probably, I think it's about 11 people who we know are not gonna, and six kids who are not gonna be coming back. Not because they don't like us, because they moved. People have literally moved. I know people have moved to North Carolina, Atlanta, um, Kansas, they're just gone, you know, and, and and Florida. So there's like four states people have moved to. And there could be others who've gone that I don't know about. But I want you to know, it doesn't matter. God has a plan for winning church in New York City, and we're not leaving. Other churches have left, other pastors have left, but we ain't going nowhere. <laughs> Amen. And we thank God for his favor to remain and to prosper and to be a great local church. So let's get there. September 19th. Make sure you're there in Jesus' name. On your screen now is the um, ways that you can give. We thank you for all of you who have been giving. The word of God says in Luke 638, give and it shall be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over shall be given into your bosom for the same measure that you use, It'll be measured back to you. So if you give a little, you get a little. If you give a lot, you get a lot. Amen. I've been, been sometimes giving money during the week just like I just want to give another offering. You know, outside of my regular, I'm, like, no, I'm giving more. Amen. And I'm going to see, and I am seeing that increase in the name of Jesus. And so will you. And so will you. So I want to encourage you to give. Those of you who want to give real fast, rapidly, like me, go to our Cash App, dollar sign, Winners Church, NYC. That's like super fast. Get that Cash App on your phone and do it. The rest of you, you can give online, you can give by text, or you can mail your money in also, all right, or you can just come to the church office and give your money, like some people do. So I just love you, guys. I thank you for staying with us, giving, supporting, praying, doing what you can do to keep us moving forward. God bless you and increase you. Next week, guess who's going to be here? Pastor Patrick. He's back. <laughs> Woo! You know, he's still recovering. He's almost at the finish line with his recovery. And he's looking forward to ministering to you next week. So next Sunday, you're gonna see the man of God. I call him our prophetic prince, Pastor Patrick. So tune in and let your friends know that he'll be on. All right, until then, have a great day. I love you, God bless you, enjoy your week. Peace.